0: Together, we're going to dive deep into raw and honest conversations with real people. My hope is that through these stories, you too will be inspired and ready to tackle whatever's holding you back or breaking your heart. Then you'll be free to live a life of purpose and true fulfillment. I promise it's possible. Let's Relevate. Today, we are diving deep to talk about why Jesus... I thought who better than Shelley Rushing Tomlinson with her amazing grace, wisdom, and undeniable wit to crack open this sensitive and powerful discussion. Shelley, welcome to the Relevate Podcast. Rena, I'm so excited to be with you and that gracious
1: introduction. I'm thinking, oh, I need to hear from this person. And <laughs> I'm going, wait, wait, this is supposed to be me. I'm gonna have to have some wisdom and
0: wit. Oh. Thank you. I, I'm joking, but you are kind and gracious, and I'm excited to be with you. Oh, well, I just appreciate you being here. People might have recognized you have a little bit of a Southern accent, so. You think? <laughs> <laughs> you think?
1: <laughs> so here's the yes, home I'm, I'm in Northeast Louisiana, I'm born and raised right here in Northeast Louisiana. I, I feel like I have the best of both worlds because I travel and speak and get to see some amazing, places um, across the states and beyond, but then I get to come home to my little bitty Lake Providence here. Oh. So it's, it's the best of both worlds.
0: Sounds amazing. So I absolutely love your Instagram inspirations and the encouragement you share there at Shelley Tomlinson. And that, that is Shelly with an I-E. I've got a few favorites here that I'd love to dig in and go a little deeper. Are you ready? Okay. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Go, Shelley. Mm. You
1: know, I, I really love that you began with this one. I, I'm so excited that to have the opportunity to address it because I've been thinking lately, I really want to circle back to this on my blog and on Instagram. And, and I'll explain that um, not long ago. I put on Instagram, I had some image and I said, you know, that what do you talk about with that person you know, that the conversation is easy, not, not the just, you know, on the street, but that person that um, when y'all get together, like, you know, the conversation flows and it's so easy. What is that conversation that most comes up in your heart? Because what you talk about the most is what matters the mm-hmm. most to you. And I said, if Jesus has yet to become our conversation, he has yet to become our life. Mm-hmm. Well, Rena, I told them, I said, Go go all in and watch him become your everything. I meant every single word of that, but in the weeks since I posted that, it, it has occurred to me that I need to clarify and I love being able to expand on it here. When I go back and, and I, I talk to my readers again, I'm gonna say something like this. You know, when I said go all in and watch Jesus become your everything Um, In the days that followed, I could imagine people thinking, uh, but Shelly, I mean, I I think I am in. I think I have surrendered, and I think I am all in, but he hasn't become my conversation. Mm -hmm. And the very last thing I would want to do would be to um, burden anyone, you know, with any guilt over something like that. So this is what I'd like to say to that person, that imaginary person that might would say that. Raina, I would say, I hear you. What I should have said is this, truly believe that he is bread and you can't live without him and feed on his words and watch him become your conversation. Mm-hmm. Because, see, there's a difference when we there just surrender and we go we, we go all in and, and we're like, we agree um, mentally or, you know, with our heart that, yes, that's who you are then He can still be um, on the side of our plate, so to speak. But when He becomes our food, and that's what I should have said, when He becomes our life, that we truly believe that uh, He is life and we must eat of this bread to live. And so we begin to nourish ourselves um, in His Word. That's when He becomes our conversation, because when we feed on Him, the life that pours into us has to pour out because we can't contain him we're, we're just one little dusty vessel you know and when yeah. we're constantly yep. taking him in we have to pour out it's really that's what I should have said so thank you for giving me an opportunity to say it wow right. and, we pay, can, and
0: pay attention to what to what's in your home you know because mm-hmm. that's where real change can can happen you know, it's mm-hmm. when you love and raise your kids well, and you love your neighbors, and you help one another in your communities. That's that's where real life change starts. Oh, oh yes,
1: absolutely. Because, you know, we need to be concerned about all those type of things that I was mentioning, and we can pray about those things, and we can give, you know, where the opportunity is and be involved where we can. But the life that we touch on a day-to-day basis, that's where our purpose is found. And that's what we can do something about. That is so
0: good. Okay, let's take another one. Oh, okay. God is the sole guaranteed search in this life. You can't seek him and not find him. What, What do you mean by that, Shelley? Oh. You out
1: a lot of my favorites. I'm, I'm thinking. You know, you you say go, Yo, Shelly. I'm like, okay. Try not to use a million hundred words here because this is another one of my favorite topics. But what I meant was that we can we can run after a lot of things, a lot of entertainment. We can pick after a lot of attainments, att mm-hmm. attainments in this life. We can watch. We can try to find success. We can try to find. um you know, uh, a good relationship with our spouse. We can seek after a lot of things that we may or may not find. You know, we may indeed find the great marriage. We may find a successful job. We may seek some of the things that we're after. We may not, but there is one guaranteed search. It is Jeremiah 29, 13 that says, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. I absolutely mm-hmm. love spreading that guarantee because you know what? It, it's not on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, can't, I can't back it up. I can't enforce it. I'm not required to. I'm not responsible for it. All I'm supposed to do is tell someone else, you know what, if you seek him with your whole heart, he will be found of you. It's all Him. It's not me. And He is the only guaranteed search that's out there. Raina, you can't tell anyone else, um, you know, look after this, reach for this, search for that, and know that they will find it other than God Himself. And and that's such a restful place for me. That's such a peaceful place because so many times, even when you're ministering to someone or say trying to mentor um, a person, you know, you just, we we tend to kind of want to feed them with the fire hose like I'm doing right now. You know, you don't get everything. You get that in your heart, out of your heart all at one time. And when when we go back to that and, and we're just pointing them back to Jesus time and time and time again, it takes all that pressure and stress that's not supposed to be on us anyway to uh, perfectly articulate this mysterious and wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just us just being a signpost going, hey, I have found him and you can too. You know, that's us. I have found him and you can too, right? Exactly.
0: I love being able to have conversations like this because I think, um, fa- what's that? that saying about at cocktail parties you don't discuss politics and religion? Well, we're talking, we're talking faith and religion here. Politics is definitely off limits, but, um, <laughs> you know, we can just, we can learn so much from, from each other and, mm-hmm. um, it is, it can, faith can be complex and seemingly overwhelming, but it really doesn't have to be. Mm-mm. It really does not. Um, um actually, we're the ones that
1: do that. You know, sometimes we come to Him, all of us initially, we we, we come with that simplistic faith, and then we can try to walk it out all on our own and, you know, add our own little rules, our own little uh, legalistic ways of, of doing things. And and for me, I, I call it a naked faith, and, and that's a very Southern word. I guess okay, you know that you need K-K-I-D. How do you spell that, Sharon? I would go with N-E-K-K-I-D. <laughs> but,
0: naked. you know,
1: a, a naked faith to me just means continuing to continuing to go back to the fact that um, of the, the tenets of the gospel, you know, the foundation of the gospel that God loved us so much mm-hmm. that he sent Jesus to the world to redeem us and to reconcile us um, because there was no way back to him. We, we were lost and broken and without hope, and there was no way back to him mm-hmm. had Jesus not come. And I find great peace in, in continuing to go back to that. And when I'm talking to other people, to um, you know, we use our words. We want to have good and strong and helpful words. But our end goal should be to wean people off of our words and onto his and then they begin to ingest his word and they begin to mm-hmm. um, you know, love this gospel and then they do the same thing and and when our end goal gets all twisted and it's just about us and trying to get them to listen to our words and we we've done everyone such a great disservice because ours are limited and, and his are not. So right. we want to just keep weaning them from him back onto the, the beautiful, simple gospel.
0: Yeah. I mean, from but,
1: us. Right. And again. when
0: you when you start digging in and learning more about um, Jesus, he, he was a man of words, but he was a man of action. Mm-hmm. And, um, y- you know, it's like we can learn so much by, you know, him healing the sick and, you and, um, you know, making the blind man see, and, and the way he loved his his disciples and his father. I mean, I just um, I love oh. I love the action that Absolutely. that he you could, he gave us. You could just spend your life in just the gospels.
1: I mean, you know, you're not you're gonna you're gonna love it so much. You're gonna be you know, out, wanting to go all over the book. But like you just said, you could just spend your life in the gospels and watching him and the incredible incredible compassion he had for people. Yes,
0: love that. This okay. next one is heavy hearted. The king of grief knows your name. Call to him. You know, Rena, Psalms 22,
1: 14 says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint." And those words are attributed to Christ on the cross. And when we are hurting, you know, how many of us? no one understands, like, you know, you don't get it. I remember one day when I realized that it really doesn't matter what the pain or the circumstance is, that that is truth. No one else really gets it but Jesus. So regardless of what the topic is, when we say things like, well, nobody else really understands how I'm feeling, if we would tag onto that, except for Jesus and go to him because he is the only one that knows exactly what we're feeling and can identify with that grief without any filters, without any layers, without, you know, us um, trying to put the best face forward or, or any of the things that we do with other people. He is the one that knows exactly how we feel. And he is the one that can heal those broken places. So, Um, you know, go to him. He knows your name and he knows your circumstances. He knows what happened and he knows what is to
0: come. Go there and you will find healing. So good. So good. So let's talk about for people who've stepped away from their faith or for those who simply have no faith at all. What would you say Mm -hmm. to them about why it's important?
1: Mm, why wow, Jesus. Could I answer that um first this way and you know, I cannot imagine walking in this world without my anchor without Jesus. You know, I when I consider people that um have you know walked away from their faith as you said or or maybe have never come to faith in Christ, and I imagine Trying to live in this world, you know, Hebrews talks about being that Jesus is our anchor behind the veil. And and I often think about how uh, he feels like an anchor when life is just life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It can be hard when it's good, right? Uh, And so, you know, when life is just coming full force and and we can be just that ship just bobbing on the water. But Mm -hmm. if we don't have an anchor, then I, I... it's just sad. We, we were never meant to walk in this world without Jesus. And if you're trying to do it, my heart goes out to you because it's got to be the a very hard, hard thing to try to do. You have no compass. You have no guide. So, so why, why Jesus? Why to go back to him? And life apart from him is a shadow. It's not, it's, not full life, but to be after Jesus, to be in pursuit of Him, to be listening for that Holy Voice, it brings life. It's like turning the light on. He is the light. It's like turning the light on in a room and you have a way to walk. Um, you know, it's not that being in pursuit of Jesus makes all things right, but being in pursuit of Him gives you the stability to walk through this world when things are wrong and when they're right. He's the friend that never leaves. He's the friend that never forsakes you. And gosh, when I begin to try to describe why to reach for him, my words absolutely, totally fail me because he is inestimable. Oh, that word didn't come out right. You know what I mean? (laughs) You can't estimate him. He is indefatigable and all those other great words that mean we can't wrap words around how immense he is. And so I go back to um, searching and finding, you know, you, you look and you will find.
0: Yeah, I um so I go to a mega church here in Metro Atlanta and the church really exists to be a church for unchurched people. And I think mm-hmm. um there's there's often such such a gap um between people who are struggling and they don't mm-hmm. really know they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in a home my f- my father was was not a believer. I don't really know what he believed he was what we call a nun um my yeah. mom believed she got me there a little bit she got she got the yeah. seed planted um and it, it definitely took root and I think you grew up your th- doesn't your mom still play the organ to this day oh, or the yeah. Piano? oh yeah oh so yeah so you grew up in a in a home that was pretty saturated with a whole lot of Jesus love but mm-hmm. for somebody who who you know this conversation may seem pretty foreign to them and it's like what mm-hmm. you know it's like we're even speaking a different language how i mean that's the person that i want to say just just give it a chance and and, oh, uh, and and how do you begin to give it a chance if if, if you're just like on that edge thinking so, something's got to give something's got to give i mean what what would you say to them what how do I you take that, that first how do you take that first step to to seek him, my answer would be to
1: um, just say say this, just just go to the to the God of the whole universe and say with sincerity, you know I heard Rena and Shelly talking about you and if you really are there, then I want to know you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then begin begin there with an open heart. And say it again and again and, and pick his word up and say, okay, they said you're there. I'm not sure you're there, yeah. but I'm going to look. This is what I believe with all my heart that when, when we in honesty look, now, now let me stop and say this. This is going to kind of be a little disclaimer. You know, I don't think that, um, God is just like, um, duty bound to reveal himself to someone that is skeptical and not interested in other words that skeptic that says uh-huh, shake the curtains and I'll thank you there you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying that yeah. I mean that is not what we're talking about here but the person that can be honest even if you're not talking to another soul but God mm-hmm. and that person that can say I wasn't raised around any of this I, I really have no point of reference for what y'all are talking about but I sense in my, you know, I sent something, I, I need, I need whatever this is. I need this guy. It's that person. If you would get honest, just you and the Lord and say, okay, I, I'm i going to start looking for you and then just begin to open your heart up. Then, um, you know, I don't, I don't have to make anything else happen. And neither does Rena, because yeah. if you will sincerely look for him and begin to try to understand He'll reveal Himself because here's the here's the good news of the gospel. We can't look for Him or want Him more than He wants to reveal Himself mm, to us. Yeah, we we He loves first and always, and we anything that we do is a response to who He is. It's a response to Him calling us, so we can't ever um, want a relationship with this Jesus more than He wants a relationship with us. So, just, mm, that's turn, so good. just turn and begin to ask the question.
0: Yeah. And I think people that, that are not in the faith think that it's about obedience, that he mm-hmm. wants our obedience. Mm-hmm. He He wants our heart. He mm, made us. Amen. He wants right. our heart.
1: Right. He's after our fellowship. He's after our company. He wants to be in your business. He doesn't want you to try to do this life by yourself. He wants Mm -hmm. to be with you in the good, the bad, the hard, the ugly, the messy, the miraculous. He wants to walk through it with you. That obedience that we as the body of Christ have not done, you know, Mm -hmm. the church, if you will, have not done Mm -hmm. a a really good job of because we have, you know, twisted it and, and bound people with rules and regulations or or to where they think that's what it means, yeah. you know, to be a faith is, is this um, duty-bound um, mm-hmm. rule keeper, you mm-hmm. know. Well, it, that's not true, and, and we should, you know, bear some responsibility in having not handled that well um, in the church. But the truth of obedience is that when we begin to look for Him, Second Corinthians 3.18 says that as we behold Him, we're changed into His image from glory to glory. And um, for someone that's listening that's not a faith, that, that may need to be repeated and may sound kind of, you know, really out there. But what it means is we simply look to Him and He transforms who we are, Rena. And mm-hmm. then He begins to change From the inside out, what we like, what we don't like, what we are, you know, who we are. And obedience comes out of that. But it's God-driven. And -hmm. what the church has done, we have made it us-driven. You know, Mm -hmm. we must do this. We must not do that. But when we fall in love with Jesus, it's God-empowered. It's God-driven. It's God in us beginning to make us into who He wants us to be. And obedience becomes a delight.
0: Right, And who we were, yeah. Who we were put on this earth to be,
1: right? It, we, we just become who we were meant to be, yeah. and we we go like, wow, this is interesting. I, I like this. I just, didn't used to like this way of life. You know, I didn't used to like this, but um, we can even will come to Christ and and let's say I, I don't know what someone that's listening to us would think of as a um, as a a really big. And I'm just going to kind of reach out there and say, let's say that there's uh, someone that has tried to come to Christ and they're still addicted to pornography. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's a, taking a right turn turn into a serious subject, but I think I can make a point with it. Let's say they they have done that and they've come to come to Christ, and then the next week they face that same temptation. Well, the difference is going to be that now they actually something about it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, they they might still kind of go there, but something doesn't feel right. And that's because their heart has begun to change. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about with God-empowered obedience, because then now, now they don't want to do this. And so the more they turn to the Lord and say, I don't want to do this. I want you, the less pull that hold has on them. And the more time they spend with him, the less entrapped and entangled they will become by what they don't want to do. But it's never us just deciding, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that and try to do it in our own power. We'll fail every time.
0: That's so true. Great, great, great wisdom, Shelly. Thank you so much for sharing from your heart. So oh, and I think we we've, we've kind of been touching on um religion versus relationship with Jesus. Uh, let's let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the difference between the two cuz I think I think it's you know when considering why Jesus a lot of people get the two mixed up. So I'd love to hear uh, kind of your opinion on religion versus relationship.
1: Oh yeah, we we've done that. Man, we've mixed them all up. And you're right, we we've, we've kind of spoken about it already but to be a little bit clearer, I would say that um, religion is man's attempt to reach God. And relationship is understanding that God has reached down to man. Oh, cool. And beginning with that perspective instead in the, it's a, in the response to Him, rather than I've got to do the right thing to get to you. That's religion. Mm. And even after we come to faith, we can get all mired and trapped in religion because yeah. that's kinda of like the next trap. You know, we can come to him and um and realize that that he has saved us, that faith in him is is what has made us whole. Um trying to reach for a description that is not, you know, churchy, but but it's just the fact that we have a new life. We've been made a new creature when we come mm-hmm. to Christ. And so That is all him and none us. But then religion is then us trying to work that out. A few moments ago, I talked about looking at Jesus or, you know, beholding him. And and it's an ancient word, but beholding just means to look with intent, um, to observe. And so relationship is looking at Jesus with intent to learn and to know him. And that begins to um, be who we are and um, at our core, and our life begins to flow out of his life. But religion is saying, okay, I have looked to you, you have made me new, and now I'm going to try to do everything that I need to do to stay right before you. And, And as soon as we slip into that, as soon as we slip into trying to perform, to earn relationship we're in religion As soon as we try to rate our performance as to whether or not we're accepted in his presence we slip into religion but as long as we're seeking his presence and leaving our performance to him to work out our salvation through us then we're in you know we can stay in that 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 sweet place of fellowship and relationship that is did that deep. make any sense yes <laughs>
0: I need to play that back and uh, study, study that one. <laughs> okay. okay. Call, call you back on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you know, I said it, and I don't know what all I said. I'm going to have to listen to it back, too. But don't try to perform to earn his friendship. That, I, I should have just said those words. Don't yeah. try to perform to earn
0: his friendship. Exactly. And I think a lot of times people think that uh, to be in relationship with Jesus, you have to go to church. And it's it doesn't really wor- it doesn't really work that way in in my opinion. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you relationship can start right now. Somebody's driving in the car, listening to this podcast, and they can say, you know, I I want to know you.
1: That's yeah, where the relationship
0: yeah. starts. Yeah. It starts yeah. in in your heart, and it starts with a yearning that um, you know you feel there's something more for your life. There's something better. And that's, that's where it starts, you know, usually as it develops, you'll want to seek community with, with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's that Mm -hmm. whole iron sharpens iron, you know, Um, when you land in a good church, it's going to make you, it's going to make you better. It's going to make your relationships better. Um, It's going to make you stronger. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think the, you know, for for those that aren't aren't believers, you know it's like, are you You know, people ask me, are you religious? Well, no, I'm I'm in a relationship with Jesus. <laughs>
1: it's the most right.
0: important relationship in my life. To me, there's right. It's a, right. a big difference. Yes, I go to church. Well I love my church, but um, you know, it's all about relationship for me. Well said. So a lot of people have difficulty grasping the concept of a personal savior. How can that even be possible, and what does that look like, Shelley?
1: Ooh, what a great, wonderful, uh, mystical conversation to have. The personal savior. I'm um, I'm writing a whole book about it actually right now. No and, way. It, and it it's taking me seventy five thousand words. So I don't <laughs> think you want to hear seventy five thousand words from me. So I'm talking. About how best to answer this, but um, this is what God made available. Mm -hmm. And here's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we do not have to understand the intricacies of the blood covenant that was struck at the cross. That's what happened at the cross.
0: Mm -hmm. Jesus
1: made the sacrifice so that he could atone for our sins And welcome us into His Father, into a relationship where He literally is in us, in the Spirit. And we can have access to Him. We can talk to Him. We can live in awareness of Him all day long. But again, for the person listening that's going, okay, now that's like, I don't even get that. You know, that's way out there. I wouldn't even begin to try to explain um, the blood covenant that happened at the cross, I would just simply say, here's the beauty, that the gospel is multi-layered, many-layered. The more you discover of him, the more there is to discover because he's infinite. And yet at the very same time, he made the gospel so simple and so clear that all you have to do is believe. Mm -hmm. Just believe um, that Jesus is the Son of God, and he came for you, and then he came to restore you to his father if you would trust him. And the gospel begins there. And then it's that wonderful, um, always learning experience. The more you learn, the, you know, the, the closer you feel, um, the more relationship you have with him. But the personal Savior, that, that personal Lord is simply what's available to us because Jesus was fully God. And yet, he came as fully man, so that he could die to be with us, and he can be he can be with that person that you mentioned that's driving in their car right now. Well, if if that person just simply says, "Okay, I, I believe in this Jesus, and I want to know you," the gospel is that person can begin as a new creature and a new creation. You know, we we might should add. I don't know if this is um, maybe the direction you want to take this conversation, but it did occur to me, Rena, that some people are listening and and they maybe do not have the the foundation that you and I have in the Word of God, mm-hmm. and so to them, Jesus isn't that um, that figure that they can they can wrap their mind around and, okay. and, and, you know, and believe all of that. And I would say to that person to begin to read some of the writings of someone like Lee Strobel, mm-hmm. who is um, an agnostic. He, he will lay out for you the historical evidence for this Jesus that came to earth and died and rose again. And the fact that he rose again and all the historical documentation that someone that you know is it, that needs that that's looking for that can read and see that this is what distinguishes the gospel from everything else because this man said he was god and he was going to die and he was going to rise again and he did
0: yes and you
1: know there's historical proofs yes that um sometimes people in the church even they are like, oh you don't need to you know have proof you need to have faith. What Jesus said, believe and love me with your whole heart, mind, and soul. And we're not supposed to give up our minds. We're not supposed to. So if there's mm-hmm. someone out there that that is um, the type of person that wants to do that reading, then begin to look at some of the agnostic literature. And that's H-E-N-O-S-T-I-C. Um, Google that and begin to read after some of these um, men and some of their works. And I mean, that can be a great great asset on their journey
0: yeah definitely and i think um attempting to start to read the bible is very overwhelming so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go to the new testament go to the gospels the four books matthew mark luke and john where you'll see the words of jesus in red focus on that Focus on that, and then read it again and again, and yes. um, that will kind of start to. And it's you're right; it's histo- the, the the New Testaments. It's historically accurate information, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I think that is that is just really a great great place to start to to begin to answer some of those questions if you're just getting Absolutely. started in your faith.
1: I love that advice. That's good advice.
0: Yeah, and so um, wasn't there a song about a personal Jesus? Who sang that, Shelley?
1: There's a song. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, is that a personal Jesus. I think there's a whole bunch of them.
0: Um, which one? No, it was like a rock song. Like, um, oh, I've got to, I've got to look it up. I'll, I'll get back to you all on that. <laughs> yeah,
1: message me on that. I, 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 it's not coming to my mind right now. I was still with Lee trouble, I think. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, I love listen to, listening to Christian music, too. I think that is that is a great way to just kind of oh, start softening yeah. your heart um, mm-hmm. and learning more about what love from, from the Father looks like. He is a good, good mm-hmm. Father. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. He is he's a good, good Father. And you listen to those songs can uh, really begin to help your heart. I agree with you. To open up and to be soft forward to him.
0: Yep. So, Miss Shelley, you've written a number of books, both secular and faith-based. Since we're talking about why Jesus in this episode, I'd love to know about Heart Wide Open. If you would share a little bit more about that book you've written.
1: Oh, I'd love to. Heart Wide Open, um, is you know um, when I have all my books on the product table and someone is going well which one do you want me to read <laughs> you know like it's like your babies you're you're asking me to pick between one of my babies you know but um, if I if I'm pressed I'm going to put it in their hands right now because it is that story of how I went from. Uh, Just sitting in the pew because I was raised in church. Like you alluded Mm -hmm. to earlier, I was uh, raised in a Christian home by people who believed in God. And I did believe that there was a God from an early age. And, you know, I even um, made uh, a declaration of faith at an early age. But that book, Heart Wide Open, is the story of my life of how I went from a place of sitting in the pew in a church house, going, "Yeah, I know your God," but really, um, I just want my life. I, you know, years later, mine now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to know that when I, when I died, you know, I would be secure or whatever. You know, that um, I would be in heaven, but I wanted to pursue my own life while I was here. And so the subtitle says, "Trading Mundane Faith." for an exuberant life with jesus and so in that book i trace that journey and so many people have been helped by that book it's so encouraging to me when when because i kind of really just bleed on a page i just really Mm -hmm. opened my vein and i was just as transparent (laughs) and honest as i could be about my faith journey and just got it all out there and um it really it kind of touches on many of the topics actually that you and I talked about you know the difference mm-hmm. in religion and relationship and where to start and how to start and what should you do if you don't have a clue where to start and, and so it's just kind of a primer for someone that says okay I'm interested I'm you know I'm in what what now and so I'm so gonna that's, I'm that's gonna really put you
0: story. I'm gonna put you on the spot because I've I've heard you speak about this book and it's um, you're such a, a fantastic communicator and you were talking about a green bean. Do you remember that that passage in your in your speech? And if you do, I would love for you to share it with our listeners. A green bean, yeah, a green bean. A
1: green bean. Oh, I think probably. Okay, I, I don't know this. This
0: is coming I think it's to me. Can we go to the feast?
1: right? To eat? Yeah. To eat? Okay, yay, that's what I was thinking about. Yes, there's a passage in that book about how uh, God's Word changed for me when I quit going to it like green beans that I should eat because they were good for me. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but there was a time when I read God's Word like that, you know, like I I knew I needed to, and He wanted me to, so I went to it like it was green beans, and I should eat my green beans, and (laughs) And the book did not open to me, and it did not feed me and nourish me. But when my idea of God's Word, my estimation of God's Word changed from this is something that I need to do to please Him, and it became this is, I I need you, and this is where I'm going to find you. And I began to go to the Word for that instead of going to God's Word, like to check it off and make Him happy. I began to go to it to be nourished. Then suddenly it was no longer green beans. It was just the whole plate. You know, it was yeah. meat and potatoes and a tasty dessert. And it was everything to me instead of green beans. Yeah. Is that where,
0: is that where you wanted me to go with that? Well, no, it was, okay. I'm, I'm going to bait you again because it's so good. Uh-oh. Okay. Because <laughs> I know you are going it. bait me Because okay, it was, again. you were talking about a green bean. And when, um how many of us approached approach the feast that sat before us of the table. And we, you got it? I think I remember talking about that. <laughs> I remember we reached that. for a green bean. Yes,
1: I remember that. I was talking about, um, and I probably said so much that day, I'm, I'm, I'm on different points, and I don't know if I'll ever touch the one that, that struck you, but I remember saying that day that it's as if, that this is what is available to us in God. You know, that there's this big, huge table spread yeah, with yeah. this feast, with yeah. everything okay, that you we. can imagine and long for, and, you know, you're yeah. hungry for and you desire and you got everything laid out in front of you. And religion says you walk up there and go, okay, I'll take a green bean. Exactly. And you get a green bean because you think you're supposed to get a green bean <laughs> and you miss everything else that there is
0: yeah, that it that's it you got okay it. <laughs> uh, yay we got there oh uh, that's so good Shelly so what what are you working on now can you can you share anything I know you're you're head down working on a new book I am um I'm on deadline and you know
1: whoever coined that word knew what they were talking about <laughs> you know, know. if you're not careful it's brutal but, um it, it can be just brutal. But this book is, um, it's tentatively called Living the Holy Dare, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, working title. If anyone knows anything about working titles, it means it can change still, you know, because uh, it hasn't been turned in, YouTube pub process and all of that. But it is tentatively called. Living the Holy Dare, and the subtitle is How to Lose Your Life to Find It This Side of Heaven. Mm. And so this book is all about um, just literally daring someone to just decide that um, Jesus is who he said he was and how to um, lose your religion. Ironically, we were talking about religion a few minutes ago, and and I almost decided to call this um, How I Lost My Religion and mm-hmm. You Can Too or something like that. Yeah. Because that's what this book is about is, is losing all of that uh, green bean mentality and daring to believe that God is who he said he was, that Jesus is who he said he is. And taking him up on the words in the gospel that say things like, um, I will come and reveal myself to you. John, nothing, John, um, chapter 14, I don't know exactly which verse right now because I'm not looking at it, but those type of words, and even in the church, we've been kind of conditioned to live below what the Bible promises, and I'm just, I refuse to anymore. I want the biblical experience. I want everything that Jesus promised is available I'm after it, and I am just daring the world to follow me. So to join oh, me. So yes. living the holy dare is is probably what it's going to be titled, but that's definitely the message of it. Oh, I'd I lose your it. life to find it. Yeah. Oh.
0: Well, I cannot wait to read it. So definitely keep me in the loop on that, um, and we'll have to have a chat about it again. So one okay. last one last question for you: the word "relevate" means to uplift or to restore to good spirits. What closing words of encouragement do you have for our listeners?
1: Oh, I love that. Relevate. And I'm I'm guessing you're going to do this every time I think you are brilliant, Rena. I love that. (laughs) That you're going to allow someone every time to leave with a closing word. Um, Let this wordy girl try to use um, a few just to say to those who are listening, you are not alone. You are seen and loved. By the one who knows you better than anyone else, the one who doesn't love you to use you, mm. but loves you for who you are, because God is not a user, Mm-mm. and He loves you.
0: That's so good. Thank you for helping us understand why Jesus, Shelly. You are a gift to the world, no doubt. I love you, sister. Um. Let's talk. To, let's talk soon. Okay, God bless you, and thank you for having me on, and just blessings on your work. It's been a blast. Let's talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Shelly as much as I did. There is really something so special about her and the way she digs in to bring clarity as to why we should pursue a relationship with Jesus. As she said, it was a bit like drinking from a fire hose at times. But I do hope you found something in the conversation that might have sparked your heart to reach out to the God who became man, came down to earth, and in the greatest sacrifice ever known, he died for you, and he died for me. I think that is reason alone to give faith a chance. I'm Rena Olson, and this is Relevate.